Blog Talk Radio. Do you want to elevate your mind? Do you want to shift your life? Well, sit back and relax. It's time for another episode of The Shift with Skip. Get ready to roll. Well, 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 get ready to roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Shift with Skip. And I'm Skip Jennings, your transformational coach. Here on Wednesday, which I call the shift day or transformational day, I am so glad to be a part of your life as you have your own shift. Guess what? I'm having mine. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And today we have uh, one of our favorite guests that's been on the show before, and she's returning as Dr. Kat. And we're so grateful that we can talk about some really um, hot topics that are happening right now in the media. But before I bring her on, Let's give you your journaling exercise for today. So we are definitely talking about sexuality. We're talking about gender. We're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about different things around those topics. So our journaling exercises today is about how do you connect with your own sexuality? And I don't mean the act of sex because anyone can have sex, but sexuality. What does that mean to you and 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 how do you identify and what what comes up to you when you when we talk about sex and when we talk about sexuality are you running away from it or are you embracing it do you find yourself sexy and what does sexy mean to you and only you can define define what sexy actually sexy actually means to you and i know what sexy means to me and it, when someone is actually in their authentic self and they are are are, are not afraid to express themselves and, and, and just love themselves and embracing others. I think that's very, very sexy. And I, I think that when we talk about spirituality, I think spirituality for me is very sexy. So I, I'm, I'm talking about that and, 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 and I'm writing about that this week. So I invite you to have that little chat with yourself and um, continue to have this dialogue. I think it's a very important dialogue that we need to have um, from a very young age to where we are now, we need to have these tough conversations with ourselves. So we are talking about sexuality today and connecting with that. Um, a couple of things very quickly before we get into our conversation with Dr. Kat. Um, we have a new CARES Life course that's coming out. It's a 10-week transformational life course that can be done online, and that is with me, yours truly, 10 weeks, you're going to have weekly video lectures, weekly guided meditations, downloadable affirmation cards, growth work for the mind and the body. You have access to my DVDs that are on your computer. You can download them, the Yoga Zen and the Cardio Zen, the Dancer's Body Breakthrough, the Maximum Strength Overload. And um, this life course is 10 weeks, and you can do it at your own pace. So this is going to be available for you coming up in May. The cost of the life course is 197 and this is for 10 weeks, and I can be your coach. You can take me home, and uh, you don't even have to cook me breakfast. So how about that? Anyway, and um, you can find out more information about the CARES Transformational Life Course at my website, we'll have more information up this week. And, uh, and anything that you want to know about Skip Jennings and, and the Mind, Body, Spirit Solution team, we put everything up on our website at skipjennings.com. Any of our 
past shows that we've done on the shift with Skip, you can actually get a hold of that at the website skipjennings.com and drop us a letter or a note or a post on Facebook is the shift with Skip Jennings and follow us on Twitter, the shift with Skip. And that's how we stay connected. I am so grateful that we have social media in a way that I can connect with all you guys who listen and who follow us. And, and I just want to take a moment and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another moment, I want to take just one shout-out to my very best friend in the world, Bill Robertson. We are celebrating nine years of very close friendship, and I want to shout it out to him and, and thank him for being my best friend and uh, going through the ups and downs of life with me. And I believe in soulmates, and I believe that, that Bill and I have been soulmates forever, eternity. So I want to shout-out nine years of friendship for me means the world. So shout-out to Bill. I know he's listening, and thank you so much for being my best friend, one of my best friends, and I just love you, Bill. So anyway, that's enough from me, and let's bring on Dr. Cat. Dr. Cat has been on this show before. We've had some great conversations about um, just about sexuality and different things that come up in us when we talk about sexuality. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about transgender. We know that you know Bruce Jenner actually came out. Um, nationally, internationally uh, this week, and we've had a lot of people ask me about my opinion about this, so I'm so grateful to have her to come on so we can talk about these timely hot topics. Hi, Dr. Kat. How are you? Welcome back to The Shift. Hey, Skip. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. <laughs> How are you doing today, Kauai? Um, You know, it's uh, usually a pretty good day every day you wake up in Kauai, so no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> No complaints. Hey, it's paradise, which is one of my favorite places on the planet, and I, I'm grateful that you can call in. And I know it's a little bit earlier for you, right? It's, what, it's about three um, hours earlier, right? <laughs> it is. It is. I have two preschoolers, though, so, you know, if it wasn't you, it would be somebody hopping on my bed feverishly. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I love it. Well, hey, Dr. Kat, you know, I, I work for Equinox, and I've gone into the gym, and I you know, teach yoga, and I teach cycling. The biggest, hot, hottest topic for people who are talking in the gym right now is Bruce Jenner and coming out. Um, did you see the yeah. interview? Yeah. I thought it yeah. was phenomenal. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I think I think it was really incredible. And, you know, I know there are a lot of naysayers out there, you know, uh, about the Jenner clan and the Kardashians. But really mm. what he did, you know, took a lot of fortitude for anybody to do. Yeah. Um, and. You know, for someone out there to think that there's some ulterior motive with it, you know, because of how, you know, kind of branded, oriented, you know, the Kardashians and everyone have been, I think it's really unfortunate because this is a real opportunity for us as a culture to understand what it is to be transgendered and what it's like to come out as such. Right. And, you know, my my opinion, I'm going to ask you your the question, the same question, my opinion of this is that it he was not in the spotlight with, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians and all this. I think this is something that he might have chosen to go very private about. What do you think? Yeah, I think like a lot of transgendered individuals, um, you know, other than, you know, now we're seeing a whole influx of, of younger kids coming out because typically mm-hmm. gender orientation um, tends to kind of become apparent somewhere between you know, three and seven years old. 
And, you know, if you listen to the interview, he does talk about that. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think because, you know, he was so in the spotlight in other capacities that he right. felt really cloistered about this issue. And and as he said in the interview, you know, didn't want to disappoint people or the public. Um, right. You know, that's, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. One of the things that really inspired me about the interview, one of the things he continued to say was, if I could save a life, Absolutely. I, this is why I'm doing it. And I think that the more and more that we can be open about our sexuality and open about um, these topics, the more that kids will see that there's nothing wrong with them. They'll just find Absolutely. out who they are. Absolutely. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're all on the spectrum somewhere, Right. And yeah, right. there's nothing good or bad about being at, at any point on the orientation spe- spectrum, on the spectrum of identity. Um, and I think, you know, as far as saving a life, you know, we're not only going to transform the lives of, you know, the kids who might harm themselves because their life is very difficult being a transgendered kid, but I think right. we're really going to see a shift in, um, oh, hello, no pun intended, but a shift mm-hmm. in, um, <laughs> right. you know, the attitudes and behaviors of, of people who might harm people either verbally or physically who are transgendered. Mm. Hey, Doc, what's the difference between transgender and transsexual? You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, trans, transgender versus transsexual, it, it used to be, transgender is definitely the more PC term, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. technically, Technically, transsexual means the same thing. It can mean post. It's some, to some people, it means um, that you're transgendered and also post-operative. But right. I think we're really moving away from that term because we're realizing for many people, you know, having the actual sex reassignment surgery may not be what they choose to do or may not be the expression of their sexuality because there's also a whole group of people out there called um, who are intersex right, who mm-hmm. actually merge the masculine and feminine. And um, for them, for instance, they don't want to do a surgery. So there's right. a lot of gradations of everything, um, but that, that's kind of the main difference between the two. So he talked a lot about, and I think it was a, a great educational time where we could think about the difference between sexuality and gender. Can you explain a little yes. bit more about that to our our listeners? Because I think that's a big big point that we need to get into our brain, that there is a difference, yes? Oh, yeah, totally. And it's funny, you could really see Diane Sawyer's struggle with the fact of, mm-hmm. like, because she kept bringing it up. She's like, but you're right. not gay, but, you know, who are you going to be with? And even though he'd explain it once, twice, three times, and maybe she was, you know, kind of portraying what she thought the public was going to have a difficult time with, but mm-hmm. orientation, which is, you know, who you go to bed with, who you're attracted to, who you're desiring, right, is very mm-hmm. separate from how you feel in your body, who you identify with as as a gender. So, you know, it's basically like if you for, for some reason were, you know, out and about and for some reason you just realized, oh, you know, I – I still want to be with, you know, the opposite sex is who I'm attracted to, um, which is how it is in Bruce Jenner's case, right? So mm-hmm. if, if and when he transitions, who, who and who knows, like, to what level of surgery he's going to go to, but once right. he starts identifying fully as female, technically that would make him socioculturally 
a lesbian, mm. right? So right. Um, versus, you know, the gender just being a very, a very separate thing from that. So I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, he's, it, it's a whole other role in society that he hasn't to this point. Right. So, right. Um, you know, little and everything is, else you have to go through. You what have is that. a transformational time like for someone who is, you know, they're, they're, they're transitioning? What is that time like when, when they're, they've made that decision, they're going to go through it? What, what are some of the things that people would go through if they made that decision to make the transition? Well, it's really interesting. You've got the internal decision, right? Which right. is you you finally coming to terms with the fact that, you know, um, how I'm living my life, how I'm presenting, how people are relating to me is not necessarily accurate to who I am internally. And so you tend to see people who are going through that process, um, you know, it's why they have such high, uh, people going through transgender, you know, various aspects of it, high rates of, you know, depression and suicide and substance mm-hmm. abuse and self-harming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I've, I've had clients who were cutters, you know, as a result because they just, they don't know how, how to process it. And I think once they finally make the decision, there's typically some relief associated with that. However, right. it usually brings up a whole other crop of, of kind of the sociological implications. Like now you're going to have to you know, come out and present as yourself. And some people are very concerned with, you know, quote, unquote, passing um, as the other gender. Um, But it it definitely, and then you have to deal with kind of the fallout because it doesn't matter how progressive you think you are with most families I've dealt with with transgendered issues. uh, Mm -hmm. Typically, there is a period of grief and sadness, Um, you know, just trying to make sense of what they're, child or brother or sister has gone through. And I would imagine that there is a a transition for us as well as family members, just transitioning from, from calling the, you know, our, our, our people that we love and we've known as he to now to she or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've got to change in the pronouns. Very often there is a change in, in name, there's um, also there are very defined gender roles as far as who we think you know uh, what a father should be like or what a mother should be like or a brother or a sister. Those are all very loaded roles, and mm-hmm. so when you have something that totally turns some of those roles on its head, um, it's going to take some time. There is a, there is a coming out and, and dealing with process. For the right. family and friends, and let's not forget the wider world out there. You know, as far as mm-hmm. jobs and things of that nature. I mean, I was going to many, say many that transgender struggle with that. And there are no laws. I mean, there are very few laws protecting transgendered um, people. And why is that, Doc? It's it's interesting. There's still 30 some states out there that don't offer any protections to individuals who are transgendered. And I think we this is the next you know, civil rights, human rights, social mm-hmm. issue, right? We're, we've been dealing with right. the gay marriage thing. That's mm-hmm. taken a while. Uh, but I think this is right on on the cusp of that, too. And I'm hoping because of all this media and eventually, hopefully, because of, you know, outcry of the American public that we're right. going to see legislators really have to deal with this issue and make protections for these people. Mm, I hope so. 
I, I hope so. And, and and one of the things that I always discuss with friends is this is not a gay right. This is not a a a, a you know a straight rights. This is equal rights. We're talking about everyone having the equal rights across the board. May you be gay, lesbian, straight, transgendered, bisexual, whatever it is. We all want to have the same rights. That's exactly it. And yeah, having it be a human's right, human rights issue, mm-hmm. having it be that, you know, you can maintain your employment because let's face it too, this is not a process most people want to engage in. If you even just look at the financials right. of it, right? right? I mean, to fully, right. if you want fully transition, it's going to cost you, you know, upwards of 50000 to $100,000 and up, um, depending on, you know, what level of surgery will help you, you know, accurately portray who you are internally and mm-hmm. and then to, you know suddenly yank away you know someone's ability to provide for themselves um i right. think it's you know it's really unfair very unfair you know and i don't normally watch um fox news because i think a lot of people know my political stand <laughs> a lot of different things but i was watching fox news after the um interview after the bruce jenner interview and it was it just, I started to boil. I got so, so heated up and I had to turn it off. But one of the things that were mentioned yeah. on Fox News is what about our kids? I can't believe that our kids are going to be, you know, um, to be, you know, uh, shown this on TV now and, and we're afraid for them. And But children are already having these, you know, these signs and in, 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 in they're already thinking, what are some of the things that, that, you know, what are some of the signs that, maybe someone young might have to know if they are transgender? Sure. Well, and first off, let me say, in in response to the Fox News thing, you know, they should be so lucky. You know what I mean? (laughs) Our children, right? Our children, if you have a child, you want them to feel good about themselves. You want them to feel authentic and empowered and have a good, healthy life. And I'm sorry by them saying, you know, oh, you know, oh, my gosh, all these children are just going to be, you know, exposed to this and right. how detrimental is it, um, is BS. It's complete BS because all it does is make a more tolerant world. And I'm sorry, there can't be anything wrong with that. Um, right. So my little two cents about that. But as far as transgender <laughs> kids, <laughs> hello, my little soapbox. Um, <laughs> as far as transgender kids, though, um, you know, kids start, like I had mentioned, you know, expressing orientation, and not orientation, exp- expressing gender identity very, very early. Um, it's a fundamental thing. You know, before we're even out of the gate, so to speak, you know, people are assigning genders to us, you know, based on ultrasound, based on, you know, who they think we're going to be. And so you get kids out there who, and I thought it was really interesting that one of the experts on Diane Sawyer had said that, you know, she's seen it happen with as young as 18-month-olds, and it's true. I've seen kids, you know, as early as about two years old start to verbalize, um, you know, if they're a girl, you know, I am a boy. Right. And right. also, you know, and, and they're drawing pictures of themselves with penises. They tend to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as their their preferences for clothes and who they interact with, um, all of those things start at that young age. So typically with transgender kids, it's not a passing phase in the fact that you can tell right. that it's, it's a very insistent. They tend to be very insistent that they are, they are the opposite gender. It tends to be persistent in the fact that, you know, it, it doesn't go away, right? right. And right. it tends to be consistent that no matter what it is, whether it's 
I won't wear pink or um, I only want to play sports or I refer to myself as a boy. It tends to be consistent. So usually if you can look at those three aspects of it and it's been a period of time, um, you know, you, you may in fact have a child who is somewhere on the spectrum of being, you know, transgendered. So what do we do? And if we do and we, and we see it, what's our step as parents and what are, what are, what is this, the next step to help our children to have a healthy transition or a healthy childhood as they're going through this? So what's the next step? What do we do? Well, I think the best case scenario would be for, you know, for a parent who are on top of this thing and realizing, you know, this may be an issue. Number one, we're not going to see a rash of children coming out, right? Um, right. You know, um, what, what we will see are maybe children identifying earlier than they would have just because of the media and consciousness of, of our society, which I don't think is a negative thing at all. If we can avoid some suffering for people, let's, doing that. let's do that. So, But for parents in particular, I think that they should definitely – um, before they get into it with their kids, um, get out and, and get some expert help, either from a therapist or a clinical sexologist, you know, someone who deals with these issues. Because the parents, so again, doesn't matter how progressive and, and, and compassionate and inclusive they think they are, they're going to be triggers that they need to deal with. And sure. I think the more help they can get with that, the better. There are also groups out there, um, you know, like PFLAG tends to have a transgender um, Component to their services, Glisten mm-hmm. does the it get it get it gets better project. Any of right. those really um, can also provide resources. And then as far as the kid, it's just basically to not stigmatize them about it. Number one, one way or the other, and just be very open. And number two, just to really in, reinforce as much as you possibly can, and you would do this with your kid anyway, but let's not forget to do it during a critical, make sure they know they're loved, no matter what. Yes, yeah. Oh, ding, 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 ding. That is it right there. <laughs> Knockout punch. Yeah. Right there. That make sure the they core. are loved. So let's let's come up to uh, our age, <laughs> the adult level. Yes. So you decide, and we decide, okay, I have been living living in this body that doesn't feel right all my life, and now I want to do something about it. What, as an adult, can they do? I know they can come and see you, and you can help us through it, but, but what else can they do? Well, I think, I think part of it is, is to really educate yourself about your resources locally okay. or if, if you're in an area where there aren't a lot of local resources, reaching out and finding some support via online groups. Um, there, there typically is, in order to, you know, um, start, if you're wanting to really start the reassignment process, Typically, right. you, you have to be followed for at least a year and also living as that opposite gender for at least a year um, right. and then get two references, right? So many people, um, by the time they make the decision that this is the time for them to begin mm-hmm. that process, you know, they get really hot and bothered about like, okay, you know, now I've got to make all this stuff happen. And i got to tell you, that's one of the things about Bruce Jenner that I just think is amazing and lovely is the fact that he has kind of taken his time with this process. You know, yeah. he started growing his hair yeah. out years ago. He started experimenting with, you know, her, as he kept calling her. Mm-hmm. Um, because he said part of it was because he didn't want the transition to be any more jarring than it had to be 
for right. his family and for his kids. Right. And I thought that was just, God, a lot of self-control um, and, you know, a really conscious way of, of doing it. Um, but I will say that the one thing with a lot of transgenders to this point is that some of them, once they've gone through the process and, you know, they're presenting as the opposite gender, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have a whole other second round or third round of, of grief or depression because they realize, oh, well, now that I have the parts, that doesn't necessarily everything, it doesn't cure everything in my life. Right. Um, right. And so um, there is kind of an, another period that we as mental health professionals kind of have to watch out for, and that's, you know, post-transition and how people are assimilating culturally and how they are feeling internally about themselves. Um, because, again, you know, we don't want people to... You know, not feel supported to the point of where you know they do something to harm themselves. And in post transition, post transition, I'm sure there'll be you know these issues coming up of where do I fit in in the realm of sexuality? Um, how would be helpful right. to kind of figure figure that way out? Okay, I transitioned to a woman now. Do I need to sleep only with men? How how, how are right. you helping people to find their way sexually after the transition? Yeah, no, I think that's a fabulous question because, you know, that is a question that I think a lot of people around individuals who are transgender just, again, don't know how to make sense of because it's just kind of, you know, it's just a whole other way of looking at it, right? So um, typically, and it's funny because Bruce Jenner had also mentioned this too about, you know, going through a period of of asexuality, right, while he deals with this Mm. stuff. And right. not every transgendered person does that. Um, I think he's trying to really focus on, you know, figuring out who he is first before projecting himself into that role. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people do feel conflicted about their sexuality because, you know, when it comes to masturbation and things like that, some people haven't wanted to deal with the genitalia that they have, so they often right. shut their sexuality down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as as a sex therapist, I've really worked with transgendered individuals to, you know, help them um, have a healthy connection to their sexuality, re- regardless of right. whatever parts they have. So, right. you know, we do a lot of work on um, on you know masturbation practices. We do some fantasy work. Um, you know, when it gets to the point that they're dating, like we we talk a lot about you know what kind of behaviors and, and people and traits arouse them. And mm-hmm. I have to say, even after all that work, typically, you know, it's very rare that I see anyone change their actual sexual orientation based on the gender they are. Very often, right. if it's individuals who were already previously presenting as maybe bisexual. And sure. so that's another, that's another point. You know, transgender people can be gay. Transgender people can be straight, and they can be bisexual, just like us. It's a totally independent process. Mm. And you were talking about masturbation, and I know that you're connected with Adam and Eve, and uh, we had a little talk oh, last yes. time that you were on about, about, about toys. And I, um, and I mentioned it before, I love toys, and I think they're Yay. so much fun. And that's a great way for, I think, people to explore the, that whole place of masturbation. So talk a little bit about your connection with Adam and Eve and the eco-friendly sex toys and things that people can use to actually have a healthy um, attitude around sex and masturbation. 
yeah, I think I think masturbation and exploring ourselves and and really feeling good about our sexuality is a huge component of for everyone, whether you're transgendered or not. And so um, I, I've worked with a lot of individuals who either have, you know, maybe some erectile difficulties or orgasm mm-hmm. issues or, um, you know, people who or, or have arousal problems. So it comes down to, you know, really being able to explore. And I think, to- you know, sex toys in particular, they, they have very much to a lot of people kind of that whole novelty thing. Well, I'm just going to give this big dildo to this person for their bachelorette party because it's hilarious. And it may be hilarious, but really right. there's a whole line of toys out there now where people can experience different sensations and different experiences. And, and the more open you are and the more that you can cultivate your sexuality and become turned on by more things, how can that be a bad thing, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And so um, I, what's Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Um, and so basically, um, and I've been associated with Adam and Eve now for going on six years. I'm their resident sex expert. So right. um, so that's kind of my relationship to them. But, um, you know, they offer thousands of toys. But really, I've been trying to um, really make sure people know that there are a lot of eco-friendly toys out there. You know, we just got that done with Earth question. Day. What is that? What is the eco-friendly sex toy, please? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like a branch or a twig or anything. Although, yeah, no, that probably would be a good idea. A branch or what? <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not, we're not going that route. Um, okay. Although I have sex toys made out of wood, but you won't go there. <laughs> but um, actually, oh, if you go on. I'm blushing again with you. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Oh. I love blushing. It's good for you. It's extra circulation. Yay. Um, yay. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, on my on my website, I have a shop at drkat.com, D-R-K-A-T.com, and I carry the whole Adam and Eve um, eco-friendly toy category and actually help them set it up. And what they are, they're toys that are um, either organic in nature or made from materials um, that are renewable, like, you know, silicone. Um, or don't off-gas, or they're rechargeable, which is really great, um, because then you don't have to get into the whole battery thing. Um, right. So, um, But you can also go on adamandeve.com, and and I'm going to – I hope this is okay. I'm going to just throw out I, – I have a little Dr. Cat code if anybody actually wants to shop. Oh, absolutely. Um, Please put it out there. Okay, you know, it's like everybody could use use a new implement, right? Um, I, I think they can. I'm, I might use it. In fact, I think I will. What's your code, honey? What's the code? Oh, I hope so. Pass <laughs> it around. So um, the code is, uh, if you can go on there and get 50% off almost any one item plus free shipping and a free gift typically, when you enter the code Dr. Cat in the checkout, and that's D-R-K-A-T. And I just want people to, you know, explore these materials. They have like, you know, glass and acrylic, um, you know, toys and metal toys and, you know, all the lubes now that are organic and healthy for, you know, the intimate skin in that area. Um, it's really become its, its kind of own category. And I'm very, very excited um, that people can explore their sexuality and feel good about, you know, what they're using, you know, in those very important areas on our body that we like to keep up with. It's so funny because I think I talked to you about this the last time, the guy I was dating and talking about introducing that whole subject of toys. And, and um, Kate, refresh me um, because uh, being in the dating world, and that's a very kind of um, 
uh, touchy subject sometimes when you say, oh, by the way, I, I like toys. How, how can yeah. you ease that ease? Seriously, no pun intended, ease into yes. that conversation with someone that you're dating. That's right. Well, other than a good lube, um, <laughs> what you typically be, um, oh um, is basically you want to eventually develop, right? You want to eventually develop the ability to, ha- to be able to communicate about it. Now, mm-hmm. some people have an easier time doing that than others, right? But especially right. if you're feeling out somebody in, you know, the very early stages of the relationship, and there is still a little bit of stigma for some people as far as, you know, well, if you use a toy, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm not enough for you? Are you a size queen? Blah, 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 you know? Right, right. So, um, <laughs> I've had that, that conversation. <laughs> yes. And so well, where I like people to start is, you know, if you're watching, watching or reading any erotica together where they use mm-hmm. toys, sometimes that's a good, you know, foray into the discussion. Do more of a nonverbal thing and, and get your partner involved. You know, either shop with them online or, um, you know, have a toy that's ready for them and that you introduce them to. And that's couples-oriented, right? There are a lot of really amazing, uh, like, vibrating penis rings and things like that where both of you actually get pleasure at the same time. And it's not like just one of you is, like, compensating or something. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh, my goodness. And so, um, and we, if we're we're both in agreement, and we both are going yes, um, uh, would it be do we do we how do you, okay? So how do you purchase a toy for your partner? How do you purchase that yeah. toy? Because you don't want it too big, you don't want it too small, and you don't want them to be frightened by it, right? Correct. You want it to be very very friendly. You know what I mean? The kind of non intimidating <laughs> sort of toy. And, and what's awesome now is that there are a lot of really very sleek, very contemporary-looking toys um, mm-hmm. to the point of where, you know, they don't even necessarily look like a body part or look like a penis. It's all more – it's more about the stimulation and the eroticism that they can provide. Right. So, right. Um, you know, if you go on there, and especially a lot of newer – the newer toys that I was discussing, like the silicone or the rechargeables, and there are a few extra bucks, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of the entry level toys are fantastic, but a lot of them are not as eco friendly. Um, right. But I think those toys tend to be more non intimidating, and just also too when you think of your partner, think about their personality, right? Are mm-hmm. they kind of wild and outgoing? Are they, you know, are they somebody who's a little more conservative? And you can really find a toy if you're looking through them. Um, there's a toy for every personality and every inclination, and it's more just kind of sifting through, seeing what's out there, um, and choosing based on that. And also, pay attention when you're being intimate with your partner. What are they responding to? Does it seem like okay? Well, you know, we haven't actually like had anal sex, but he seems really responsive to you know like some anal play back there. Maybe he'd right. be open to some prostate stimulation, um, right. and based on that. You know, I mean, it, it, it can it can really change the playing field. I've noticed with toys, it can help people not only open up about 
using toys, but it helps people communicate better. People tend to feel more intimate um, with their partner. And one of the main ways, if you want to stay in your relationship, spontaneity is huge. And I think toys really offer a wonderful gateway into that. Oh, that's so awesome. And I'm, I, I'm looking at your new website, and I love your new DrCat.com uh, web, website. And it's very sexy, Aww. very much like you. And I went to the shop, and I'm looking at these bamboo lounge pants. Wow. Oh, I'm yeah. going, I need, a, I need a pair of these bamboo lounge pants. Oh, my gosh. So, I know. Seriously. So I, I was looking at them. I was like, products. I need to get this for my husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So how, did you, how do you choose your products that you're going to put up on your website? I mean, you have great products up here. Oh, thank you. Um, I, over the years, working in this field for almost 20 years, I'm very familiar with everything that's out there. And so when I went through Adam and Eve's you know, website, um, I, I, I just kind of put it together through what my clients have talked about that they've wanted. Um, and, you know, I'm, you know, I in particular am very devoted to the eco-friendliness aspect of it. So there are specific designs and materials that I know work for a lot of people. And I just kind of, I, I just try to narrow it down based on that. Mm, awesome. It's a great website. And I know you're relaunching your podcast. So when is the relaunch happening Yay! with your new podcast? Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, Sex Chat with Dr. Cat and her gay boyfriend um, with the lovely Ross Martineau, um, who I, I was Love just going to skip earlier. I was like, you guys will get along fabulously when we have you on the show. Um, he, um, Ross and I, um, took a little hiatus. We had like, you know, a, a bunch of episodes, you know, definitely over 100, 120 episodes on iTunes. And um, took a little hiatus for a while. We've regrouped. We've redesigned it. Um, we still have over a million followers. We still get about, you know, gosh, about, I think almost over 15,000 subscribers a week to it. Funny enough, even though we haven't published in forever. Um, so we're really looking forward to kind of revisiting that and offering, you know, we do a lot of like kind of celebrity sex chat stuff. We do some education, we do some Q and A's, we do some funny little skits. I really want to make sex education attainable and interesting and accessible for people because, you know, if it's not entertaining, you're probably not going to learn as much if you're, if you're bored out of your mind. So <laughs> that's our where whole plan. And where can they follow you on your, um, on the podcast? Oh, sure. Um, well, they will see it um, posted onto um, either iTunes okay. or um, under podcasts on my website, drcat.com. But um, okay. I'm, of course, going to be doing, you know, press releases and, like, my social media and all that. So just stay tuned within the cool. next, you know, couple weeks. Hopefully we'll get the first one back up. Yay! And I will be subscribing to your podcast, your, your podcast. Uh, you're just brilliant. Um, one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk yeah. about, but really quickly – um, Fifty Shades of Grey, and I did not read the books. I heard about the books, but I went to see the movie with my one of my dear friends, Kathleen, and we sat there, and we were, I was the only guy with two other guys. I had the best time, and now I am so intrigued with Christian Grey. I just opened oh. opened something up in me. I went, whoa, I think Ooh. everyone needs to have a little Christian Grey in their life. <laughs> what did yeah, you think about Yeah, yeah, so totally. What did you think about the movie? What did you think about it? You know, it's interesting. Um, some, a lot of people want to give it a bad rap, but um, I just refuse to do that because Fifty Shades has done so much for women's sexuality, yeah. for, you know, opening up people's ideas about sexual expression. That, again, cannot be a bad thing. 
So um, I no, I'm particular. If you liked the movie, if, if you're in your position where you haven't read the books yet, the books to me are are better than the movie. Um, especially okay. when it comes to Christian Grey, because you definitely get to little know a little bit more of like his inner workings and everything. Um, right, right. So I would definitely encourage that, but also use it as a foray until there's a lot of really great erotica coming out now. And um, if you've liked that, you know, there's so much more available even out there on Amazon. So, um, yeah, in fact, uh, I have a very good friend who's an amazing erotica writer named Leah Riley, L-I-A-R-I-L-E-Y. Um, okay. who um, writes a whole off-the-map series. And just really great character development and, you know, damn good sex. So there's, you know. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's Leah, all, that's Leah all Riley, um, where where can we find her and her writings? And I want to have her on the show as well. Where can we find her? Oh, my God. You would love that. Yeah. Um, her, she is on Amazon under Leah Riley, or you can go to LeahRiley.com. Okay. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to reach out to her and see if she would be a guest on the show. Well, before we close oh, yeah, down. Oh, yeah, you'd love we, her. Oh, that's great. Before we say goodbye to you, because this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation again, I always ask uh, our guests, what does the shift mean for you? Ah, uh, it means, you know, trans, being able to, like, transform things in your life from even if they're a negative Thing in the moment, being able to transform them into something that means something to you and helps you connect with yourself and be a better person and, you know, contribute to other people's transformations. So I think most people, they go through some crappy times, but there is always an opportunity to make that mean something to you and, and to help other people with it. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a oh, couple things you. that are coming out soon. Did you revamp a couple of your programs that, that are coming out and the revamping as well that we need to mention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just uh, did a redesign on my book, The um, right. the Married to Sex Solution, uh, A Realistic Guide to Saving Your Sex Life. And this is basically the sex self-help book for people who hate sex self-help books. So it's very direct, <laughs> you know, especially for, oh, my God. I, and I hate to generalize because this is what I always hear, especially for the husbands who don't want to read anything but definitely want to have more sex. Um, right. This is a really great book for that. It's written a lot like how I talk. I'm not into the white coat thing. I'm not into using words people don't understand. Um, right, right. I dropped some F-bombs, I am sure. But the whole point <laughs> is, is for, you know, <laughs> you to be able to um, – you know, to make your sex to make your sex life a place in your life that is a sanctuary and an, is an enjoyable thing, and you know, helps you relieve stress and reinforce your healthy relationship and all those good things. That's what I'm hoping this book does for people, and it's been really oh. well on Amazon. Um, but you can also find it on my site, drcat.com. It it sounds wonderful, and I and I mention this in a lot of the times that I talk about sexuality, and I I believe that sexuality is is one of the deepest spiritual experiences that we can have. And and my Absolutely. I have another best friend that's that's in New York City, and uh, David Pavese, and um, he's my oldest friend, and we always mention this together that you know while we're having sex, well not with each other, but while we're having sex right. with our partners, we want to hear the angels cry we want to hear them sing and i believe that that is such an experience and so deep and so intimate and um it cannot be anything less than a spiritual experience so 
Yay. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, and I, I do believe that that's attainable for everyone. And in addition to that, you know, hello, sex is supposed to be fun. So at the very least, fun. Don't stress about it. Like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Let's make that and happen. People, and people can find you at drcat.com? You got it, sir. And you better thank your mama for naming you Dr. Cat because I think that is the sexiest name ever. Dr. Cat. Oh, well, well, meow, meow to you. Yeah, and you're on Facebook and Twitter, and people can follow you, and you do appointments online and all that stuff. So it is you guys, so true. Shout out to Dr. Cat, please. Thank you so much for a wonderful, another wonderful conversation. Thanks you anytime, and uh, we'll look forward to having you in my show. Oh, sounds good. All right, hey, you guys out there, be the shift you want to see in your own life. Have some fun today. Spread some love. And remember, check us out on skipjennings.com and get some more information about everything you need to transform your life. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Peace and blessings. Be well. <laughs>